Welcome back to This Food Thing podcast and season three with me, Gemma Richards. As before, I invite a special guest to share their experience with food, namely friend or foe, whether it is easy or less so. In light of the first two seasons, it appears to be foe for many, as it was for me. But this doesn't have to always be. Exciting news. We've started a crowdfunder for the podcast and to help fund anyone suffering with an eating disorder unable to afford one-to-one therapy. Check the link in our show notes, donate, leave a review. We're always so grateful. Because you know if this area of your life is skewed, then so is the rest. It's never just about food. Welcome back to this Food Thing podcast. As a continuation from last week's episode with the lovely Debbie Butcher, I'm delighted to be joined by her eldest son, the lovely Dan Butcher. Dan is a sales executive and professed sports mad. He describes himself as an overweight child who took up sport in his teens and 20s to help mitigate issues surrounding food, namely binge eating and weight gain. Later, job pressures sent Dan's weight soaring and he struggled with physical and mental health issues. But when his mum lost weight for her wedding, he decided to make some changes. Dan, welcome to this Food Thing podcast. Thank you very much for having me. I didn't want to make it sound like a kind of before and after thing, Mm -hmm. you know, the transformation Mm -hmm. after your mum's wedding. Um, But having spoken to your mum, I know a bit about your family and your family's history and what Mm -hmm. you've all been through for the past decade. Um, So, yeah, with that in mind, food, friend or foe? Um, As I think my mother said on her previous podcast, it's a bit of both at certain times in your life, isn't it? Sometimes it's a friend, sometimes it's a foe. Um, In general, look, you know, we need food to survive, don't we? Um, You know, it's something we all have to take into our bodies every day in some way shape or form so but it's not uh, quite that simple is it it's not that simple is it no um and do i enjoy food yes i do um do i sometimes now reluctantly kind of you know um get frustrated at what i see around food in society and things yes that's as a result of the journey or in inverted commas the journey that we're on right now but is it a friend or foe it's a bit of both i suppose so let's go back to when you were a kid Mm. And you described yourself as being overweight. Mm. Uh, Because, why was that? Because you ate too much? Why does any young child be overweight at, you know, if that's 20 years ago or even today? It's ultimately probably in nine out of 10 cases to do with, uh, you know, uh, an increase in calories over activity that they're doing on a daily basis. So, yes, I probably was eating more food then I was able to actually expend on a daily basis of activity. I was a, not a very active child probably okay. through my youth um, whilst being fed a very, um, you know, heavy diet of things like carbohydrates and eggs. And uh, certainly from a young age, both, from you know, ultimately from the people who were feeding me, my parents at that time. So, right? who, so who prepared the food in your family home? Um, thinking back, probably would have been my mother to start with a, a probably early days i remember my dad being around um for a period of time for a few years a lot um this is when they were together when we were before the separation and divorce. when did they separate uh probably when i was about 13 14 okay so um or at least it started around 13 14 i don't think it was probably fully you know that divorces take several years can take several years probably 15 16 by the time it was sort of actually okay, done that's a really pivotal time uh, isn't it? it is yes uh, certainly when you're trying to build your identity you know For and sure. create um an image in your mind of who you are right um 
and uh, you know ideally in the best case scenario you have two parents uh, that you deal with on a daily basis who are um, helping guide you and inform you on uh, what is good what is bad what is right what is wrong what's good for you what's bad for you um, and how that's going to um, turn you into the adult that you are to be right um, so okay I'm feeling that you felt that you didn't have that at that time no because there were other things demanding attention Mm. as far as um food went Mm -hmm. and the preparation and Mm -hmm. the buying and the yeah and the preparing of the food Mm. was that mainly your mum mainly my mum but again you know i was going to school you know my dad would make breakfast for me uh and it'd be like a three or four egg omelet with three or four slices of bread you know milk you know onions mushrooms that'd be like four out of five days a week uh, kind of my dad would be making a breakfast like that for me and let's just talk about your dad did your dad eat overeat i wouldn't say he would overeat um no well, no so what was, was that about giving uh, you so much food for breakfast? i think probably he came from he spent some time in the military yeah he spent some time playing competitive sports as well right i think maybe you know looking back at him and the stories i heard about him he was very skinny as a child okay but he was born in a very poor house yeah with uh, four brothers two sisters and a small farm you know you know very tough situation probably for him i remember him telling me stories about doing you know paper rounds at 10 years old having to go miles and miles and miles they don't know how lucky these kids are now with the paper rounds they do right with and compared to what our parents did right yeah so you know to get out my own head for a second it probably wasn't the easiest of lives that he lead when he was a young boy right so he was so maybe to some degree he was putting on to us, you know, I don't want my son to go hungry. Yeah, and I'm because gonna there feed, was I'm going to feed him because so he can there become was a man. because there was days I went hungry, week you know weeks I right. went hungry. I wasn't fed, and the stories are that he you know he was very skinny as a child as a child, and I think more like my brother's physique that he has now to be fair, which is slim, you know, about uh, seventy kg, you know, five foot seven, five foot eight, yeah, very slim, 65, 65 to seventy kg. Um, but, you know, my father went into the construction industry, spent a bit of time in the military and did become a bit more of a stocky guy, muscular, not overweight, though, is what I would say. More kind of where I'm probably at now, actually, is where my dad was in his 30s. What's it? his... Are you still in contact with your dad? No, okay. not now. So you don't know what his relationship with food's like? Okay. No. Okay. no. okay, okay. Okay, so he's giving you massive breakfast. Yeah, yeah. That's a massive yeah, breakfast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're going to school and are you... Do, did you buy food yeah. as well as eating meals yeah, at school yeah yeah and did you know that your mum was overeating no not at that time i mean it was just the way it was wasn't it you know we'd so there was never you never had anyone saying to you uh don't eat that that's too much or, or do you need that or maybe comments yeah okay maybe comments you know if you're you know you're 10 years old and wanting a big mac um nowadays it almost seems like that's acceptable that a child can determine what they want for dinner but in the 90s you know in the 90s <laughs> i feel like parents almost had still had a bit of a power over their children and were able to say no you you're not going to have a the large the extra large chips today okay. um whereas they allowed me to but yes there would be comments you know certainly at that point from from parents about Dan could have the large chips, you know, because I could, you know, 10 years old, I was able to, 
It's being fed it. So partly they were enabling it as well, right? You know, no. Mm. this was at a time, you have to put it into perspective, this was at a time, you know, looking back when, you know, consumerism was really just starting to fly out. You know, McDonald's was starting to, to takeaways. It was just burge, you know, it was just bubbling underneath this sense of like, you know, people had a bit more money in their pockets maybe in the sense of going out and ordering takeaways and delivery and delivery wasn't even a thing really still in the 90s but but it's just you kind of have to remember this wasn't the time that we live in now this was the time then when you know you did have to go places to get your food and uh, we'd still go places and I'd have the large meal for example like mixed grill at 12 years old should you be having that I don't know I don't know either what I'm interested in is do you remember enjoying the food do you remember oh, any yeah. feed did you yeah I still love it now yeah and yeah. Do, yeah. do you remember because you talked about compulsive overeating mm. do you remember wanting to stop not being able to or stopping do you what was your sensory experience around food then um just basically whatever was on the plate got ate okay really and it was as you know well, that's as simple as it. Well, if you put the food on the plate, I'm finishing the plate. I'm, I don't leave food. Was it about tasting and experiencing the food or was it about filling? Um, I think if filling I look back now, it was probably almost like filling a space. The sense of being full is a really nice feeling. And what? Um, okay, talk to me a bit about that, how it feels to be full. Uh, it's hard to say. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to say. I just... Do you just feel, feel content. Do just, you? Just content, yeah. yeah so for you yeah. to, no, because my husband, if my husband's hungry, uh-huh. hangry, uh-huh, which is a uh-huh. lot of the time, yeah, 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 yeah. and he feels empty and hungry, drives him bonkers. I go mental nowadays. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love yeah. that feeling Excuse of being language. light yeah. and empty. No, no, it's fine. Say what you want. Um, so this is why I'm kind of drilling down on it so that we can understand. Yes, yeah. So it, it makes you feel content, you're full, and then, then as soon as you feel a bit emptier than you want to fill up again probably at that point yeah not likening you to a car here no no but but yeah at that point probably once once the fullness would subside it'd be thinking about where's the next fullness coming from how am i going to get to that next how am i going to get back to that to make me feel you know content or happy in myself in that moment yeah happy yeah yeah. um when did when did that become an issue for you when you began to feel uncomfortable about it? Because I've got this impression that it was a kind of blissful state for, for some time where you just enjoyed your food, you ate a lot, and it felt great. I think um, through, my, uh, through my early teens, there's a sense of, um, you know, growing up with a group of friends for many years who always associated you as the bigger guy you know you play competitive sports now oh, you so you're into, very sporty then yeah so you right. get into 12 13 14 15 you're starting to join local sports teams um you know actually sports is a great remover of 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 uh, you know biases in many ways right uh, people talk about it in a sense that you know rugby is a sport for all shapes and sizes yeah. you know and 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 you know at that time I was playing football, so you know if you're a good footballer, sure, it didn't matter how big you were, doesn't matter, you know, yeah. And I was a reasonably good footballer for my team, right? Um, right. And so you build a kind of sense of your worth and your value, and and other people can see that I was still a confident young man, regardless of you know physically maybe how 
society tells us we should look and should be. Um, there's other guys who are getting the girls and the, and the, this and being invited here and get to wear the nice clothes and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and yeah, okay, at their times, there are things that you all, like as a young man, you, you know, young man or woman, you, you're asking yourself, well, I'd like to do these things. I'd like to be this thing, you know, but... So you began to feel uh, in some way, ex not excluded, but slightly separate? Um, slightly separate, but fortunately, you know, what kept me in the loop of mm. it all was that, again, I was threw myself into everything. So I would throw myself into, um, you know, um, school projects, you know, if it was drama, you know, I was in many s school drama plays, yeah. main characters, and yeah. I loved playing, you know, main characters. <laughs> but I was Mr. Bumble in Oliver Twist. So okay. I'm the big, okay. you know, guy running the adoption centre. How was know. that? Fantastic. You didn't mind being cast like that? Oh, no, okay. no, because I, it was all about just um, getting involved and putting myself into uncomfortable situations. So I've always been somebody who's like to, um, you know, break the mould, as it were, and not be what society might tell me to be. I'm uh, somebody who's a bigger guy who wouldn't you normally find have the confidence to be on stage, right? Mm -hmm. Well, no, I, I have all the confidence in the world to be on stage, regardless of my size. It's about how I feel like I can perform and give back and do these things. Right, right. So, so okay, that's something I might innately have. Okay. Um, but slowly but surely, as you're now, you know, getting into your late teens, into your early 20s, right. you know, things like clothes, things like getting about, moving, trying to trying to do the things that you were doing when you were 13, 14, 15, maybe, because in your mind, in your mind's eye, you still think that you can do these things. You can still perform for me, it was all about sports. You can still perform mm -hmm. at 22, two, three stone heavier at the same level than I was when I was 15, 16, 17. In reality, that's not the case. Did you, were you aware that you put on weight? The only time, I'll be honest, that I felt like I was aware when I was be putting on weight would when I'd go back for a new season of rugby and the t-shirt would be tighter this season. Wow. The position that I would play in, the T-shirt would be tighter year to year. And that would be the only times I'd Would ever... anyone say anything? Would your friends? Well, some of the rugby lads would say yeah. something. But again, you're in that kind of bubble of like, you know, this is all not, you know, gentle man ribbon, as it were, and a bit of banter. And, and okay, it is some of that. Um, uh, but it isn't helpful, certainly. Now that you look back and you look at the kind of things that could be said, if it's used and gone about in the right way, it could really transform someone's life. But... A lot of the time, it's it's people are afraid of having them conversations and saying, "Hey, look, Dan. By the way, just pull you to one side. Mm. Um, I've noticed the last couple of years you've put on some considerable weight. Are you all right? Is everything going okay? Like, what's going on? Do you need some support here? Is there something I can help with? Do you need me to come around your house and knock on your door at six thirty in the morning to start get you running? You know, there wasn't anybody like that at that point in my life. Okay. Uh, so we're okay. stuck. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to This Food Thing with me, Gemma Richards. Welcome back to This Food Thing podcast. I'm here with the lovely Dan Butcher. So I've said the lovely Debbie, the lovely Dan, and you will be known forever as <laughs> the lovely Butchers. So you, you were talking about someone coming around at 6.30 in the morning saying we need to go running. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about your uh, relationship to food and mm -hmm. weight very mm -hmm. physically. Mm -hmm. And I asked you about the, the weight 
creeping on and you mm-hmm. didn't realize until you went to have your t-shirt for the new rugby season and it would be too tight mm-hmm. i want to talk about the emotional st- state that you were in because mm-hmm. i felt like you were saying no one reached out to me to say are you okay that's correct so in one way you can come around and say do you want to go for a run but mm-hmm. no one was looking after your emotional well-being that's what i'm hearing at that point certainly you know um you know, certainly you've obviously heard the stories from my mother about my younger brother. So let's so, talk a bit about that then, because mm-hmm. that's an enormous um, uh, way to live, mm-hmm. an enormous way to live. What am I trying to say? As, uh, to have that as your, your home life mm-hmm. and your home's meant to be your mm-hmm. sanctuary and your safe place. I know it isn't for Where I would eat. Where you would eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So can you sort of expand on that a little mm-hmm. bit? Yeah, so again, I think you have to put it into context a little bit as well. So we have that going on at home with my younger brother, Oliver, and uh, dealing with his uh, body dysmorphia issues. Did you uh, get a look in or were you part of trying to sort him out? I think the problem is that I was not the male role model he needed when he was at that point in his life. But you're his brother, aren't you? You're not his dad. Yes, but, you know... Where do you, where do you, you know, who, who do you associate the blame to? You can't just blame one individual necessarily, no, 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 right? No blame. no blame. So, so, and it's not about blame necessarily. It's about now not looking back, looking forward, taking positive steps about how we can rectify this and actually find solutions to the challenges we have. So, what right? would, what, it's okay. So, you've obviously got some feelings around it. So, what would you say that, um, you would like to have done in hindsight or like to have, how would you like well, to Well, again, behaved? it's all phrased around the, 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 the discussion of mental health, the fact that at that point in time, we're talking 10, 12, we're talking 15 years ago, you know, some, as, as far back as 15 years ago, maybe uh, only five, six years ago, as you know, I'm talking early 20s, I'm just got into my 30s. So, um, sorry and even at my 15 16 we these topics we're talking about now we're here today talking about these weren't topics that we were, were being discussed on a daily basis on podcasts around the world you know on television shows on marketing material pr every company in the world wants to talk about mental health now and how we can try and improve it right well back back at that point the conversation was so so small like it was not happening around the dinner tables like it is happening now but what was it like for you living in that situation i for me it was very difficult because um i want you know i'm 16 17 18 19 very much just focusing on myself as probably you want to be doing at 16 17 18 19 um and then everything is not everything but a lot of stuff is almost being put on hold as a result as a result of what appeared to me at this time to be just some vanity project, you know. Um, you thought your brother was involved in a vanity project? I just thought it was some sort of vanity project. Surely this is what, who? I've never been somebody to stare at myself for more than two minutes in the mirror. Right. Why does anybody need to spend more than 10? Right. 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 right? Well, that was my, that was hair. my, well, yeah. <laughs> no, but there's, you know, yeah. but again, this is 10, 12 years ago. You have, please, you know, please allow my ignorance at that point right you know don't sure. don't criticize me for looking back at that point and going this is just ridiculous because there's many parents many friends many brothers many family members around the world maybe listening to the podcast right now that at one point in the moment in their moment in the time if they look back they go this is ridiculous what are we doing why are we doing this what's going on here they don't have the answers nobody's talking to them nobody's giving them the information nobody's able to sit them down and go look actually you know, what's actually happening here, right? So did you, just in relation to the compulsive eating and your mum, mm. did you 
were you eating compulsively then? Do you mm. consider yourself to have been a compulsive eater? I think I think if I look back, generally speaking, if we look at my main diet of like meals, you know, I think I've always been pretty good. You know, actually, it's like breakfast, lunch, dinner, right? Um, we can talk about portion sizes, okay? Maybe no, portion no, sizes. No, I'm talking about big, your but... emotional state as you eat. Well, I think that really comes with binge eating for me. So you binge? For me, it was yeah. Several bars of chocolate, a pack of this, a pack of that, pack of this, and just like eat for like thirty minutes, and maybe that would be like every night. And then why would you stop? Um, because there's a point where you begin feeling a bit sick. But would you have that same feeling of being full that you did when you were a kid and it made you feel happy? Yeah, it would probably be the same sort of feeling. Yeah, yeah. And it you would, do it at night time? At night time, because then you're by yourself. Then you're, then you're, you know, you're by yourself and you, there's no one around you to watch you or judge you or see yeah. where you're hiding the chocolates or biscuits that you've been, been uh, stashing for the last several days, buying from several different shops. So different shopkeepers don't know that you're taking home a load of chocolate from one place and they're not questioning you about why you took you took some dairy milk home yesterday why are you taking more dairy milk home today so you and your mum were doing the same thing mm -hmm. in the same house mm -hmm. secretly it would appear so yes wow that i think really on a subconscious me. level we probably both knew it as well right yeah because we're subconsciously watching each other get larger get bigger get more unhealthy, find challenges in life more difficult in terms of maybe Trying going, to cope with your brother. Cope with this, cope with that, you know. Um, and there comes a point where then you have to kind of try and battle them demons, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, if you want to, yeah. Mm. What, um, what would you feel like? It's so difficult to talk about this because if, we, if the roles were reversed mm -hmm. and you were asking me the question yeah. about how I felt... I'd be twitching yeah. and I've spoken about it a lot. Yeah. And I've also spoken about the feeling of shame, the, the feelings yeah. of shame that still come up when I talk about mm -hmm. it. And it's very difficult to talk about. So I'm, I have huge admiration that people sit in front of me and open up and say, it was, this is what it felt like. Mm -hmm. What did it feel like after you'd finished your binge? What was the feeling? So I think you go through a couple of phases. There's that initial content and fulfillment that you get at the initial, you know, the feeling of really being hung, yeah. you know, getting you're that food and you're satisfied, you? yeah, yeah. yeah, satiated, you know, Satiate, and, that's and, the word, and, yeah. and, and feeling really good, that last bit of bite, you know, and then, then you get to the last caramel square though, <laughs> and you look at the last caramel square and you look at all the wrappers that you've thrown away or, or, or you've just gone through. And you sort of go, well, I'm just going to have this one last one. And then that very quickly turns into some guilt. You know, it very quickly, well, for me it did anyway, mm. it very quickly turned into guilt because I look at the rubbish I've just left, created from this one uh, moment of what appeared to be weakness of just looking for instant gratification from, you know, a couple of chocolate bars, some crisps and this and that. And you think, what was the purpose of doing that? Why, why did I just spend you know five six pounds on a shed load of chocolate to mm. for one evening on a tuesday night just to get you know it's not like this is like i've got home from the pub on a saturday night once a week and i'm just treating myself to a bit of dairy milk i'm just nipping into the shop no this was every day how long did that go on for well 10 probably 10 years probably 15 wow. years right yeah so did, and why did you never want to get rid of it 
probably because probably because I, well i mean it's hard for me to answer that maybe i'm mm. still i'm still um uh it's not that i don't want it. you know it's it's not an easy answer to a question uh, to answer in the sense that i'm now going through a process now three four years in where obviously as we come on to this topic a little bit more you know i've, I've lost about uh 55 to close to 60 kg about What's seven in stone it's about seven seven You've and a half stone. Seven stone yeah 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 but so, you're like this sporty trim guy yeah yeah you? yeah yeah but i had a 56 to 58 inch waist i was nearly 20 stone i was i'm five foot seven so i'm stocky right. and so i was basically like a huge bowling ball you know and i'm not afraid to talk about these things or say these type of things because i'm coming out the other side of things and what i'm finding is that um you know like in society um you begin to accept that everybody has their own cruxes, their chip on their shoulder, whatever it might be, that you might look at people on social media, whatever, people live these perfect lives. Not everybody has these lifestyles. No one has these lifestyles, in fact, okay? Mm. You know, we all have something about ourselves that we don't like, and it's about how learning to love that about you, the things that we're all different, the things that we all like, different things, etc. And I came to the realisation after certainly my mum's, uh, my mother's, recent weight loss journey for the wedding uh, yeah. about four or five years ago mm. and and she took me to a park run and park run is a fantastic organization that is uh, doing great things in trying to build communities and build people together to people help people meet in the park and go for a run that's yeah, it people great. meet in the park um for free and uh, you don't need there's no pressure no judgment no nothing they'll tell you that their average times over the 5k uh, in park run for the uk last year probably went up and you might say to me well that's no good if people should be getting fitter they should be getting faster well by the times going up what it signifies to, to us is if you're in the community more people are joining the community of that unfit unhealthy state right now trying to start a journey trying to start something right so you think there's a kind of general sense yes right I think, right so so well we know that because the average five kilometer time for the year has increased not decreased not gone down people haven't got faster so whilst more people have joined park run the time has gone up so that means more people who are at the beginning of their journeys have joined park run and trying to make a change which is great that seems like it's what we want we you know if times were just coming down every year with park run it would be a sign that there's nobody new joining the, the you know park run is there to so get people fit and moving and out on a saturday morning for example right so park run is obviously a very important part of your of the bit of the story mm -hmm. where you start to exercise again mm -hmm. and lose your weight mm -hmm. i just want to ask you one thing go ahead so your mum, when she told me when she was overeating, it was about her wanting her mum hugging her and yep. comforting her. Was that the same for you? Um, no, not necessarily. No, I okay. don't. I think it's I, not. Yeah, I think I'm still battling with what it is about. To be honest with you, Gemma, I think the reality. What I was coming on to was yes. I'm sorry. The, the, I sorry. No. 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 Um, what I was coming on to. Uh, I was waffling away. Don't worry, it's fine. Um, is the fact that slowly, slowly, it reveals itself to you, right? You know, oh. an alcoholic doesn't know why he's an alcoholic straight away, does it? Right? It takes time. You know, perhaps he he may have an. Uh, there might be a trigger point, for example. You know, somebody who's dealing with bulimia or dealing with other issues. Sure. You know, they don't know why these things are happening to them necessarily. I've come to the realization that probably for me, my weight is going to be 
I don't drink, I don't smoke, you know, my weight is going to probably be the thing that I'm going to battle with my whole life. It's where I you go, work stuff out. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's where I search for the struggle in exercise to try and find out what kind of man I am and how I'm going to be a better person and how today, uh, how tomorrow I'm going to be growing more than today. Um, I There was a podcast I heard you talk about where, you know, we're talking sort of about the evolution of people and, and, and transform. not using words like transformations. Well, I would argue that we're always transforming, right? We're always evolving as people, as individuals, either as groups or societies or as people. And the choice is yours, whether you want to be good or great. And you can go out today and try and be great about it, or you can just be good. And uh, where you set your standards is up to you. It's nobody else's business. You know, we don't need to listen to the haters or the people that want to, you know, jump on social media and chip in with every two words. If they're your friends of 20 years or family of two years, you know, they're not important. The most important thing to you and and should be to you is how uh, you are going to battle the demons that you have inside you every day to make yourself a better person tomorrow and the day after and the day after and the day after. So you are so like your mum in many ways is that she also has this um, feeling for the struggle. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I will never, she said, I will never ever give up. Mm -hmm. And I get that from you as well. Mm -hmm. That's something that you have shared. A curveball, Mm -hmm. because this is how I sort of think and work. If um, if food were a character, what would it look like? Oh. And you've been on the stage. You can improvise. <laughs> um, is it a character? Is it like an amorphous mass? Is it an animal? Is it? Can you bring know. any image? I don't. I don't really know. Um, for me, um, uh, in terms of an image of it, I I just immediately resort to kind of like. Um, there was a very famous uh, television advert for sort of like Mars where you would sit, I think it was Mars, they'd sit on a sofa and the sofa would eat them, you know. And, I don't remember uh, that. And, and, it and was, Mars a day it, helps you work, rest and play. Yeah. One some, of the best uh, yeah, I, ever. I can't remember. <laughs> and I just, you know, it's, it's, it's little things like that. I just feel like um, food is all encompassing. It's not that it's not, it's not that it's an individual character or image that I have in my mind. It's just a, as you said at the beginning it's more of a foe that i need to battle with every day to kind of make it my friend if that makes sense oh so you win it you win the friendship that makes it a friend and what comes with that is control as well right control do you feel like you're out of control then not anymore no right not anymore so how now let's let's be how is food now your friend how would you um how would you describe that well it's hard because i I'm quite in tune with my own identity in some respects, which is a great starting point. So I know that I, I know what gets me motivated. Right. And it predominantly comes down to my competitiveness. You don't say. Right. <laughs> so because I've been sporty since 10 years yeah. old, yeah. I don't want to lose. And, you know, um, uh, I was losing. I was losing the battle of life, wasn't I? Right, I developed, on your terms. I developed psoriasis in in multiple places on my body, quite bad. Right, I developed sleep apnea, which was Did disturbing you? for you know family and friends and close ones around me. Um, you know, is this when you had all the job pressures? Yeah, so this was probably 
five years ago, right? Six years ago, close to when it started really, really coming on. Um, and I was working multiple jobs. I was working in a bar um, three, four nights a week with a day job, Monday to Friday as well. Um, you know, maybe at that point in time, you think you're, you're invincible. You're in your mid-20s. You're like, you pretty much can burn the candle at both ends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but for me, you put me into a scenario where you, I was now I wasn't able to train or play rugby or do sports. I didn't have the time, or I wasn't making the time. I was now around an environment which was which was full of alcohol and full of fast food, deep fried food, etc. Late nights, poor sleep, all these kind of things. And before you know it, you know, probably ballooned up four or five stone very quickly in eighteen months, two years, right? Um, so you know, but this. You, you know, again, that might not, might not actually sound like a huge amount of weight in the grand scheme of things, but I was already big. So I was already a you know 90 kg guy, and now I'm 120 kgs um, at five foot seven. It's dangerous. You're listening to This Food Thing with me, Gemma Richards. Welcome back to this Food Thing podcast. I'm here with Dan. And uh, I just cut him off. I didn't even say we were going on a break. I just cut the recording off. So you are now, you're obviously at your heaviest. Yes. So mid-20s, I'm now at like 130 kgs, um, which is about 20 stone, give or take. I'm being rough here for, for the for the listeners. Yeah. And this um, is just before your mum's wedding. Yeah. So this is, I think... So yes, and you're saying, but more important, actually, than your mum's wedding, not to say that it's not an important mm. event, but more important is the fact that you are, consider yourself to be a winner mm. and you're competitive and you like to win. Mm. And clearly... You feel like you're losing. Yes. And your skin's reacting, your whole yes. system's reacting. Yes. You're not sleeping, you're Digestion, exhausted. Metabolism. Yeah. Everything's yeah. gone yeah. to pot. Yeah. And it's getting worse. Okay. Um, you know, and going for a fit suit measuring for you know, for a wedding. Um, you go for initial suit measuring. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm all, you know, sitting around this sort of waist size, etc. Was that a shocker? Um, no, it right. wasn't actually a shocker because <laughs> you know, I was the I was the one living in the body. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a shocker. Yeah. But um, I think often people are looking for that shock mm-hmm. because they're looking, like I said at the beginning of this, for somebody to actually say something. And also some people say, I had no idea that I was that size. I've yeah. heard people say that. So that was my I can understand that. question. I can, yeah. I can truly understand that. If we're talking about things like body dysmorphia, talking about things like body positivity that we talk about in society now and and you Mm. can talk about whether that's good or bad etc um you know we're not talking about that but um no we're talking about you yeah so you 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 go for your suit fitting so normally what happens when they go for weddings don't they you 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 have your suit measuring and then you come back six months later and you're meant to be slimmer (laughs) i went back six months later i was bigger okay and I'm thinking, okay, you know, what's going on here? And again, you know, then you go to the wedding, have a good time, you know, everything, and, and it's maybe a few photos. You see a few photos, like, okay, this is pretty. But by that point, I'd already um, been to a couple of park runs on a Saturday morning with my mum. I'd begun taking control of some things, like, in my week-to-week, in my day-to-day. Right. I'd cut out sugars, like, from tea. I went to green teas. Oh. i begun changing some habits around breakfast and lunch when I was at my desk. So it was all... I was just now beginning to understand all the things I could actually control. I like how yeah. you started so gently. 
and and kind of sweetly. It's the biggest thing. It's the biggest thing. Just little tiny it's, changes that wouldn't have a huge impact, oh, but would have you. a long term effect. I can't tell you how important that is. And then, and I, now I look back, and uh, and uh, or I look forward even. And when I talk to people now about um, you know what struggles they might be going through. Uh, it's it's about breaking it down into the simplest things that you can do to help take yourself out of that situation or control them things. So if I was having four or five cups of tea a day with two two cups of sugar, well, that's ten. You know, it's, it's ten sugars a day. It's fifty cups pieces of sugar a week. Mm-hmm. Has anybody done their maths? If you're sat at your desk right now and you're listening to this and you have two cups of sugar and five cups of tea a day, have you done the maths on how much sugar that is a week? Have you sat there and actually calculated it? I bet you haven't. Because now all of a sudden you're going through a quarter of a bag of sugar and you're going, why am I always, you know, falling asleep at my desk in the afternoon? So this you know, was suddenly, these were suddenly things were suddenly these, dawning on you. Yeah, they? all these things, you know, um, uh, you know, why am I feeling so uh, tired in the afternoons? Maybe my lunch is too big. Maybe my maybe I'm eating too much at lunch. So you were and, having this dialogue with yourself. And yeah, because right. I was beginning to, you know, I went, I'd say I went to a park run with my mum and she was absolutely smashing it you know it was inspirational um absolutely smashing it and i was a it took me an hour to do 59 minutes to do five kilometers i couldn't even you know barely walk run it whatever now i can do it in 24 minutes so i did my first half marathon yesterday just to myself to challenge myself take me two two hours four minutes i thought if you said to me a year ago i was going to do this i would have called you absolute crazy for, for suggesting such a thing to me but it's all part of the process and when people are coming into this journey you know no matter if they're dealing with something really difficult at this moment in time or they're a bit more honest with themselves or they're struggling it's about setting small goals at the start small things that you can control because it when you start putting all this pressure on yourself we already have all this pressure from society that's out there that's, that you listen to or you don't listen to but once you start putting more pressure on yourself, like, right, this week, I am going to cut out this, cut out this, go to the gym five times and do this, it becomes next to impossible to just change your habits, behaviors and lifestyle like that overnight. It has to be a gradual thing. And the, over the course of six, eight weeks, 12 weeks, three months, four months, there were things I was doing and I was seeing little things get better. I noticed my psoriasis get better. I noticed this got a little bit better. I noticed I was moving up the stairs a bit better. This belt buckle went, and that's all reaffirming, you know, what you're doing is the right thing. And now I'm four years here later and I've lost, you know, 30 inches off my waist. I've lost seven stone, uh, you know, and I'm more focused, more dedicated, more motivated um, to just see a better version of myself every day. And I'm actually now enrolled doing a gym and PT qualification to help you know, I want to give back. I want to kind of learn what I've learned through my own struggle and through the qualifications I'm doing to help try and support people going forward. That's that's how I do it now. Yeah, well, well done. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. More to do with the fact that you're finding your balance. Mm. Um, what's it like that your that your uh, mum, as she says, has had full disclosure about her eating and that you obviously have a very open, talkative relationship? What's that like to just kind of put it all on the, the table and go, yeah, here's all our family stuff. Is that a feeling of relief? Yeah, massive. And, uh, and uh, you know, I think we talked, they, you talked about it with her a little bit about honesty and about sort of truthfulness and sort of, 
you know, just getting out of our own head, getting out of our own way and just standing above, you know, like a bird standing above you and observing you for a second and going, you know, what are the what are the better choices I could be making right now to try and improve my situation? And, you know, it started with her and her transformation to try and get into a great shape for our wedding. And that was inspirational. And then slowly but surely I'm looking around in society and I'm seeing other perhaps inspirational sources that are going through their own challenges. Do you if, talk to people, sorry to interrupt, do you talk to people outside of the family? Do you talk to your friends? Do you have the these last, conversations? The last 12 months, yeah, I've become very open about the struggles I've had. Um, what does that feel like? Uh very it's a bit scary yeah it's a bit scary because yeah. you, you, some of these friends are friends i've known for many 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 years mm -hmm. and even they're like these are things i didn't know you were struggling with but uh. you know um you know i think um it's like anything if you have good friends around you they're going to support you no matter what you're going through mm -hmm. um the ones that um are now uh you know it's truth they're now envious of the situation you're in because you're in better shape health-wise than they are then then people can you know politely leave my life because i don't need them i'm i didn't do this out of some vanity project this was no valid that i don't need validation from anybody else i'm not seeking approval from anybody in particular other than really the close people around me who want to join me on this journey to a better life and a better health better wealth better everything um, if you don't want to join me on that journey, then to be honest, you can go and you know enjoy your two deliveries a week. I don't, I won't be joining you on them deliveries or Uber Eats this week, you know, um, because I have a goal. Um, so it is very liberating. And and what I've seen is the friends that want to be in that circle have begun adopting some of the behaviours that I've begun oh, doing in the last happens, few years. Yeah. And all of a sudden. I'm going to start take up running, Dan. I notice you've been running a lot this year. I'm going to start and. Now, six months later, they did their first half marathon with me yesterday as well. That must and, feel great to take your friends with you. Oh, it's been great. And some other friends that want to get left behind, you know, I don't mean to say left behind in that sense, but, you know, I now see what they're going through in a different light because they've got their own struggles. I, I started this conversation by talking, telling you, you know, I'm not, I don't, it's not about pity or forgiveness or feeling like anger towards anybody it's about accepting of everybody and that actually everybody in their own time probably has their own challenges that they're trying to fight as well right do you feel like you've accepted yourself more um more than i ever have before absolutely and uh, but you know i've got to be careful now right as somebody that has a food issue and an emotional attachment to food i've got to make sure i'm not going in the other way now where i become too kind of restrictive about what i can and can't eat when i can train when i can't train and and this is the balance that we will now forever have to try and fight that inner do a very canny because it can yeah that's quite a fragile point isn't it i'm reaching it now the next six 12 months is where i see my weight kind of balancing off um and uh, we have a challenge that we've set ourselves next may which is to climb snowdonia Right. Uh, as a family right lovely. and and i've kind of said the, you know looking at the plan of in terms of the next sort of six to eight months of where we think we could be in terms of fitness and health and um you know desire for these kind of things i've, I've said to our family that we're going to climb that mountain like rocky climbs the steps in philadelphia we're not crawling to the top we're running to the top and we're getting to the top and we're screaming <laughs> and when we get to the top we're drawing a line in the sand Gemma. and when we draw that line in the sand that's us done for weight loss for the rest of our lives amazing okay?
And Amazing. then that's it. And we can move on to bigger and better things. Well, that. well, just you're done with that bit of the struggle and how it's manifested. Um, just fantastic. And I want a picture and we'll put it on the Instagram page of when you're at the top of Snowdonia. Oh, absolutely. Don't absolutely. look down, it's very yeah. high. <laughs> if you were on a desert island, yeah. it just feels silly asking this question, but yeah, I'm no, going no, to do fine. it because it's the last question. Yeah, yeah, go if ahead. you're on a, not a desert island, any island, and you were taking five foods, what foods would you take with you? Um, so... It's really difficult answer because <laughs> right now I'm so take I'm the ones you want to take right now. Right now it would you be don't... like porridge. With, okay, with, everyone with raspberry jam. Porridge with raspberry jam. Yeah, okay. probably like some Nutella on pancakes. Okay, your mum had raisin um, pancakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know what I had yesterday, which um, I haven't had for a while, uh, was a salted pretzel freshly cooked right oh. like and it was amazing <laughs> it was the best thing i've had in a long time so salted pretzel just because i had that yesterday and i forgot yeah, how that's allowed it's delicious allowed. that was uh some sort of lamb probably lamb, lamb okay lamb, I, I want you lamb. to take it alive so you can okay that's it, fine no that's we fine. aren't you're that's just fine. gonna kill it that's and probably, eat it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh probably a mars bar a mars bar uh, yeah. work rest and play mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. yeah what a what a what a point to end Dan, thank you so much for being so candid and uh, and honest and uh, inspirational. Your family are incredible. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. No, thank for you very much for having thing. me on on as well. And uh, obviously, really um, pleased to see what you're doing. And um, hopefully, you're reaching as many people as you can reach. Uh, men, women um, of all Everybody. genders, really. Everybody. You know, so, yeah. Everyone's Good welcome. Luck to you. Everyone's welcome. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. I'd love to know your favourite bit from this episode. Let me know on Instagram at This Food Thing Podcast or join us again in the next episode.